the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick D podcast. How are you? I'm Nick DeGilio. I'm your host. It's episode 138 and we are with the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the greatest podcast network in the world where there are tons of informative, entertaining, funny, fantastic podcasts that you can check out at radiomisfits.com and please take the time to rate and review us. Uh, go to all the places where you can get your podcast, your Apples, your Amazons, your Spotify's, all over the place, every single platform, you will find my podcast and uh, all of the other Radio Misfits uh, podcasts as well. So check us out. Also, if you want to be a part of this podcast in particular, you can call a voicemail number, which is open 24-7. We want to hear from you. Anything you want to say, any time of the day or night, 24-7, it's open. It's for you. Leave your voicemail messages at 773-417-6948. Call now. Leave them now. Any kind of message you want, questions, comments for our guests, any of that stuff. If you have a megaphone message that you want me to speak into the magic megaphone, we get those all the time. I got a bunch of them. We take those requests, and we will do that for you as well. Drop us an email as well, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Not only will it get to this podcast... But it will also, that email will also get to my other podcast, which is all about Saturday Night Live. It drops every Wednesday, new episodes, and it's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. I have a great time doing that podcast, getting a lot of great feedback on it. You should subscribe. You should tell your friends. You should spread the word. Even if you don't like SNL, even if you don't watch SNL, you'll learn something. You'll be entertained. It is the best SNL podcast that you can possibly find. And I'm not just saying that because I created it and I host it. I'm saying it because it's a fact. So check it out. That show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. I love SNL. It's all about SNL. By the way, the latest episode that's out there now that you can get is all about the night Sinead O'Connor tore up the picture of the Pope on live television. Um, and it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very, it's a very inter- interesting story and a great backstory. And I tell you all about it. So subscribe to That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast right here at Radio Misfits. Uh, and my thanks to Jason Skaggs for doing all the music and the sound and Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. Let's get into episode 138. It's a Friday. Um, and uh, so we'll be talking to Esmeralda Leon, as we always do. She'll be joining me. We've got a magic megaphone that we're both going to be talking about. We've got dark song lyrics that we're going to be talking about as well, what we're doing on the weekend. All kinds of great stuff talking with Esmeralda. And uh, we'll talk music uh, in just a couple of minutes with Jim Ryan, who is a great music journalist and a writer and a reviewer and an interviewer. He covers the world of music for Forbes magazine, for the Daily Herald, for RadioJimRyan.com, and for us here at the Nick D Podcast. Jim's going to join us to talk about the concerts he's seen lately, the interviews he's done with musicians, and we're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, which were announced the other day, and we will get into that. So 
Lots of great music talk, lots of great Esmeralda talk, lots of great stuff coming up here on this episode. And if you want to see the Nick D podcast live, you need to go to Zany's in Rosemont. We do it once a month. And we really want to pack the place. So it's important that you get your tickets and show up and show us support. The more we pack the place, the more we can do this every month. And we want everybody to show up. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell the jagoffs that you don't like. Bring everybody in the world and let's jam the place and have a great time. We give away really cool prizes like the gift cards uh, for the electronics in your life. Gale Street Inn, uh, the greatest restaurant on the planet. We have uh, dinners to give away for the Gale Street Inn. And uh, Amy Guth is going to be sitting in for Esmeralda, who will be in Vegas. And Amy Guth is uh, fantastic and funny and awesome. She will be my co-host. And our special guest that night will be Jim Flanagan, who is absolutely one of the funniest guys you will ever see in your life. A fantastic stand-up comedian. He's going to make us all laugh. We'll interview him. My dad will close the show. As you know, every Tuesday on this podcast, my 81-year-old dad stops by. Has to uh, has to converse with this lovely. Hi, woman. I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. And uh, and tell he tells jokes as he has been doing uh, on my show, you know, uh, on the radio for many many years. Well, he closes every live version of our podcast at Zanies and Rosemont with live jokes on the stage. And to see my 81 year old dad tell jokes on a stage in a legendary comedy club, that's worth the price of admission. That's worth being out there, and even more than that. It's, it's wonderful, it's interactive, it's live interactive comedy, you answer trivia questions, you win, you are a part of the live podcast recording, you gotta be there, you gotta come, yeah, let's pack the place. Zanies in Rosemont, uh, May 16th, it's a Tuesday night, rosemont.zanies.com, the Nick D Podcast Live, get those tickets today, let's jam the place, hilarious Jim Flanagan, the lovely Amy Guth, and me on stage, 847-813-0484. 8478130484 or rosemont.zanies.com the Nick D podcast live Tuesday May 16th Zanies in Rosemont easy to get to the parking is free it's centrally located in a really cool mall area surrounded by bars and restaurants so you can make a whole night of it get some drinks get some food have some fun and you will laugh your butt off and have a great time and we get repeat customers because people have such a great time with it and we hang out afterwards and take pictures and all kinds of cool stuff so See one of the funniest guys in the world, Jim Flanagan, one of the loveliest women on the planet, Amy Guth, me on stage, my dad telling jokes, you winning prizes, you laughing your ass off. It's all going to be great. Tuesday, May 16th, Zanies and Rosemont, rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. All right. You like music? I like music. Jim Ryan likes music. He writes all about music. So we're going to talk about music. If you can guess. All right. Oh, hi, hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. She likes music, too, so she's very excited, and you should be congratulated. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jagoff. Oh, we have a treat for you. Jim Ryan. Oh, he is on the lion. Jim Ryan. I am about to pour a big bowl of Jim Ryan down your ear hole. Jim Ryan. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Have you ever met a man named Jim? Last name, Ryan. Or last name, Ryan. First name, Jim. Well, this particular one, well, he writes concert reviews. 
interviews musicians and golf fans issues. Now's the time we turn up the microphone louder so we can hear what Jim Ryan has to say. Joins us. Uh, oh, what was it like? About every once a month, right, uh, Jim? Usually, thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. Jim Ryan, who uh, writes for Forbes and Daily Herald, and you can check him out at RadioJimRyan.com. Joins us to talk concerts that he's seen, uh, musicians that he's interviewed, and the music world in general. And uh, say hello. Let's say hi to Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, Nick. You missed artists that have been snubbed. There, by the way, artists that have been snubbed. <laughs> Yes. Something uh, tells me that's going to come up here, but yeah. You think? You think <laughs> at all that's going to happen since we're going to be talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how you been, sir? It's been a little while since we spoke. I've been good. How about you? Not bad. Pretty good. Feeling all right? Because you went through a period of time when you were going, <laughs> you were knocking on heaven's door a couple of times and not feeling <laughs> real good. It wasn't quite that bad. Oh, okay. But no, you were nobody, sick for a while, but you're nobody okay. Was, nobody was dying. Yeah, it was, no, no, but it's, but you're okay. You know, it's good. It's nice out. Uh, yeah. Things are good, right? Yeah. You know, my old, my old friend, Joe, uh, my buddy, Joe, uh, I think you've heard stories about Joe. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. The guy who, <laughs> yes. who, who said to Al Jorgensen, listen, what the hell happened after that first album? That guy. Yeah, he got spit yeah, on, right? got spit yeah. On. That's a little fucking rude. That that guy. He used to say, "Hey, you know, it's nice. I think it's nice out. I think I'll leave it out." That's what he used to. That was one of his things. He used to say that all the time. I mean, why like not? If it got above like seventy degrees, he goes, "Hey, you know, it's nice out. I think I'll leave it out." Oh, okay, good. We'll all enjoy jail. All right. Um, <laughs> lots of stuff to talk about. Lots yes. of uh, music and interviews and all kinds of cool stuff. But we should lead. <laughs> with, uh, you know, this week's top music story of the past couple of days, at least. Yeah, can you cue, like, the Price is Right losing horn as oh, we, as we intro this? <laughs> uh, I can do this. <laughs> I mean, that, that fits, right? Uh-huh. That fits. Yes, or how about does. this? I think I broke my ass. No, that, not, not, not that one. Yeah, doesn't... less so. But Okay. All right. This one for sure, no. Yeah, man! No, that one doesn't work. I, I wish that worked, but yeah, no. Well, this one, Mike? Gentlemen, Michael Bolton. No, that's not going to work either. <laughs> I mean, they may as well put him in the Hall of Fame at this point. And so, I mean, it kind of works. That's what we're dealing with right yeah. now. All right, mm-hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, <laughs> we complain about it all the time. Um, you know, <sighs> I, I enjoy the museum in Cleveland very much. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, it's a separate thing. You know, I mean, it shares the same name, but... The organization and the voting procedures and who gets inducted and all that stuff, that's a separate thing from going to a really cool place in Cleveland. Right. Yeah, and would you agree? Would you agree with that? I love it. Yeah, I finally went for the first time uh, this spring, and it was great. Yeah, it's really cool, man. Did, now, it's I haven't cool. been there in a long time. Um, uh, it's been a very long time since I've been there. Um, do they still have the giant um, teacher puppet from the wall? Yes, that's one of okay. the first things you see when you walk Good. in. Uh, that, I'm glad they haven't changed I mean, that. I'm glad they haven't changed 
hanging from the ceiling in the yep. lobby as soon as you walk in, like right above the snack bar is literally the, the Travant vehicles from the U2 uh, Zeropa tour. It's pretty great. It's literally yeah. the first stuff you see is the wall in Zeropa. You can't okay, cool. that. That has not changed because it has no. been probably 20 years since I've been there. At least. No, it's over cool. tw- 25 years probably since I've been there last. Uh, 20, 25 years. But yeah, that's cool. You get to see the giant teacher, you, you know, uh, there. Which is which is pretty cool. So that's great. All right. Um, so less great, <laughs> less great is the actual organization itself. And this is uh, who who's is it Jan Weiner Weiner yeah, is yes. still behind it. And yes, that's part of the problem. Same Jagoffs. I mean, who are the guys who are running it now, Jim? You know, well, he's so he's in charge of the whole thing. And then, if I'm not mistaken, writers, not me. But, but yeah, I believe I, you. I believe it's a lot of writers voting voting for the Hall of Fame, which just like baseball is is always part of the problem. Yeah. All right. So this year they had a ballot, as they always do, <laughs> with a bunch yeah. of names on them, and then you can vote. There were there was you know like now, what, what do they call that now? Fan? What are they? What are they what's the yeah deal? the fan votes? I guess yeah. Which this year was yeah George Michael was the recipient. Right. Right. And I don't want to bitch about George Michael because I have no, to love George Michael. I love him and I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I love yeah, him. But agreed. the fact is that finally, <laughs> on the ballot, fucking Warren Zevon finally gets on the ballot after, uh, I mean, how many years of eligibility? Long, <laughs> I mean, how, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a long, long time. He's been sure. dead for a long time. I mean, been dead since, the, since what, 2004, I think, yeah, 2005, some, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, 2004, 2005. Um, his first album came out in 1976. <laughs> so he's been eligible for a really fucking long time. Mm-hmm. And he should have been in the rock and roll hall of fame at least 35 years ago. At least. And, it, and then it, it, as we talked about last time I was on, it takes of all people, because he's been one of the one of the longtime snubs that that music fans love, but never gets any love with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of all people, Billy Joel comes out of the woodwork and yeah. lobbies to get him on the ballot. And he still doesn't get in. He still doesn't get in. And uh, I voted for him every day. You could yeah, vote I once a day. I, I voted for him every day. I voted for Warren every day. I plugged it on my social medias. And he was third in the votes. Yeah, there's been a lot of allegations, too, that that there were a lot of bots voting for some of the bigger fan favorite pop stars and stuff and that the voting was skewed. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But that's to me, that's not even an excuse when, when you have somebody that how, how are the people who are actually voting, the so-called professionals, how are they not no. aware enough to vote for Warren that, Zevon. Come no, on. I know. That's the thing. And that's that's been what I've been bitching about for dozens and dozens yeah. of years is that this guy, obviously, Warren Zevon is one of the greatest songwriters in the history of music. And I know right. I speak I speak in hyperbole a lot, as you know, Jim, but that's the fucking truth. Like, he yeah. is one of the greatest singer-songwriters songwriters, yeah. ever yeah. in the history of music. And he has yep. written amazing songs for himself and amazing songs for many other incredible artists, some of whom are in the goddamn Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Um, and this is the guy, for me, there are a lot of people who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and, and we could go on and on, and we have in the past, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> this is always one of our, we, I know. We, I know. This is the thing that we go back to all the time. All the years that I've known you, when you were on, you know, with me at the radio uh-huh. station, when you've been on with me now on the podcast, 
eventually, at some point during every visit, we bitch about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I cracked up two days ago when I'm like, I knew I was coming on to record today. I'm like, oh, look at that. Look what's yeah, out. Exactly. I know what we'll be talking about. <laughs> exactly. And we are going to talk about it. But um, and, and there are tons. And we could rattle off a, a huge list yeah. of oversights and a huge list of artists who are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But for me, on the top of that list is Warren Zevon. <laughs> well, the irony is that they addressed a lot of them, to me, a couple of them this year, with the ballot at least. You know, yeah. you got finally, you got Willie Nelson on there finally. You got Joy Division on there. You got Iron Maiden on there. These are all artists who have traditionally been snubbed for decades, and they were yeah. finally on the ballot. So it's a step in the right direction. They just didn't vote for any of them. Right. Well, Willie <laughs> Willie did. Willie, Willie got fi- Yes, Willie finally yeah. got in. Which, which of course, it, he's only 90. Man. Yeah, I know. You know, and that's probably why it's like, hey, he's only got a few more years to go, so let's get him in now. Um, but At you know, 90. but yeah, and Warren Zevon's dead. What what the yeah. f- I mean, what I mean, I know. you know, and he's dead and they still don't like it took it took Ron Santo to die. Yeah, I was thinking before, Ron Santo before, yeah. before they put him in the Hall of Fame, the baseball hall yeah. of fame. Um and you know, and Zevon's been dead for over twenty years. You know, he'd been dead for yeah. like twenty years and they still ugh. You know, like so one of the things I keep seeing people complain about online in terms of who got in this year is that they're not rock and roll. So just before any of that, to me, that's such a stupid. It is. It, it's, it just is what it is. They should change the name of it to the Music Hall of Fame. But yeah. just even all these people on this belt were fine because to me, you take rock and roll and you've got 12 bar blues as the basis for rock and roll. You've got. The storytelling that defines the tradition of old country and gospel influences rock and roll. Don't tell me that you don't see the attitude of rock and roll within rap music. Like, it's just the wrong name. But, like, that drives me crazy when I keep seeing people complain about the Rock yeah. and Hall of Fame. Like, I mean, it, just call it the Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's that's just bad fine. named. But, I, but, but, but people are, it's not rock and roll, it's not rock yeah, and roll. Shut just up. Stop, it's, it's, stop it's, with quit. that stupid crap. Yeah, please just stop. You know, like uh, it's, this this band shouldn't be in. It's not rock yeah. and roll. Look, at no. this point, you have to understand that they're using the term rock and roll to Loosely. encompass all music, which and is that's stupid, what it is. But that's what they're doing. Yes. That's what they're doing. So get used to it and shut the yeah. fuck up. Is basically mm-hmm. my message Agreed. to you. Please, okay. same. And uh, and then also, okay. So now, besides the lead here of the fact that again, <laughs> motherfucking Warren Zevon gets snubbed by an institution that he should have been a part of since the goddamn inception of it. (laughs) Uh, And I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just go on and on about how great Warren Zevon is and all that other shit. And and everybody knows. So, but let's actually talk about the people who did get inducted this year and, 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 and our thoughts on that. So let's go through the induction. Uh, Kate Bush has been inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame this year. Thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, I love Kate Bush. Now, how much do you think Stranger Things had to do with that? A lot. <laughs> because, I mean, you know that it's no different than baseball, right? It's, a lot of this is a popularity contest, and suddenly yeah. her name is out there constantly for these idiots who don't know any better. And they go, oh, right. yeah, I know that one song. It was in yeah. Stranger Things. Yeah. So, well, but you know, I don't but, argue with it. No, fine. I don't. Kate Bush is great. She's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl Crow. Uh, that's she, that might that might be the only one on this list. I, again, I don't mind that she's in. I just mind that there are people on this list who belonged in before her. Oh yeah, I don't even. Well, I mean, I don't even think. I mean, I'm not a big. I'm not a giant Cheryl Crow guy. And I so could take her lever. Yeah, this one I don't. I don't think, especially if fucking Warren Zevon is not in. Well, that, see, that's I mean, where I'm going. That's I mean, it's like, like if, as a Warren Zivon, if Warren Zevon yeah. is not in, how the fuck can you put Cheryl Crow in? 
Like, uh, I suppose you could argue that Sheryl Crow has argue, has influenced a generation of songwriters who've come after her, which is great, but she was influenced by Warren Zevon and Where the no, Fuck Is uh, He? Yes! So right. that's my problem. Um, Missy Elliott. Fine. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. She's, she's, she's cool. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, the first African-American female, female yes, rapper. Rap artist. Right. Yep, which is great. Been, which is great. Uh, George Michael, we mentioned already, legend. Fine. I mean, cool. I got no problem. Willie Nelson, it's about goddamn awesome. time, obviously. Yep. Yep. Now we're going to get into an area that I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> not, not a big fan of Rage Against the Machine. I guess I can understand. Yeah, they, again, there's in. the influence, right? Like, they yeah. did something unique. They, they were a huge influence on in what came after them. In terms of, like, the political motivations and stuff, I think they've really tried to be, get change. You know, like, I, I, I have no problem with them being in. Yeah, I do. But that's just me. Uh, okay. Not, not a fan of, and I like to call them Rage Against Libertyville because that's where they're from. Yeah, right, Tom. Uh, yeah, and there's sure. so much, there's so much rage to have when you grow up in Libertyville. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, and then the spinners, for Christ's sake, please. I mean, what? Yes. Awesome. I mean, I mean, I love, I love what needs you around and. Yeah. That you can go on. I mean, spinners are fantastic, and and it's and that's one of those artists where you look at yeah. it, and you go, oh, wow, how, how are they just getting in now? Mm-hmm. Like you look at this list, and to me, the two that stand out, like how were they not in already? For me, are Willie Nelson and the Spinners. Those are the two that, like, how were yeah. they not in already? But then when I look at the actual ballot, then I go, okay, how is Iron Maiden not in? How is Joy Division not in? Yep. How? I mean, hell, Soundgarden didn't get in this time. That kind of surprised me. Yeah, um, a tribe called Quest. I mean, yeah. again, no, like, no. look, no, no issue with Missy Elliott, but. There is none of that. Like, how is the tribe called Quest not in? Come on. I know. I agree. I agree. But again, it all goes back to well, what do you expect? Warren Zevon is not in the Rock and right. Roll Hall of Fame. Right. So if you I'm want, your, if you want I, your answer to any of these questions, <laughs> these quite, yeah, yeah. the answer is Warren Zevon is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I'm shocked they didn't put the white stripes in. Absolutely shocked. To think yeah. They didn't. I got. Yeah. You know what? I I guess I am too. Now. Now the musical influence award. That now, what does that mean? Like, and then the musical excellent award. That's that's they're in the rock and roll. Hallway. What is what, what? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so they're in like, and then but like, yeah. Who? Somebody made this comment recently where, um, oh, it was, it was Niall Rogers last year got one of these goofy awards that nobody knows the name of. So he went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but Sheik didn't. It was it was him. Not chic, and so his he's like I'm really glad to be in, but my brothers and sisters in the chic family where where's yeah where's the love we did all this together so why am I the only one in and that's where some of this stuff just you know you want to name an award it, after somebody fine but yeah. just say they're in or they're not like it's well, so stupid so the performer category people. the performer category Kate Bush Cheryl Crow Missy Elliott George Michael Willie Nelson Rage Against the Machine and Spinners. And then there's the Musical Influence Award. Right. So DJ Cool Herc. Which, you know, so are you familiar with him at all? I am. Like, I didn't know much about him until I interviewed LO Cool J. And LO Cool J just kept talking about the significance of DJ Cool Herc. And then when I went back, I'm like, okay, this really is one of those guys who has, like, major a major role in the foundations of, of rap and all this stuff that has come from it who nobody knows of. So to me, that's great Like to put him in. But again, why are we just calling it musical influence? Like you're either a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer or you're not. It's so stupid. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And then the other one is Link Ray. And <laughs> A little and, overdue on that one? <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> like, I mean, Jesus Christ. 
I mean, one of the most influential, I mean, you, you know, like how many guitars sounded like that afterwards? You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. I mean, just the, the, the sound itself is so just insanely influential. And yet, yes, I understand musical influence award, but I don't get the sub cat. So, so here's the question, Jim. Are by they the way, the song, me- the song rumble by him came out in 1958. Right. Of course. It, yeah. It's ridiculous, man. So, so, but my question is, and then we'll talk musical excellence award. Okay. You got Chaka Khan, uh, Al Cooper and Bernie Taupin musical excellence award. Now, are, th- are they technically in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. or is it just an award that they're getting? So they're technically in. It's, okay. it's no different than, you know, like my, you know how we'd compare it? Every year in baseball, they give the Ford Frick Award to an announcer. Right. And that announcer goes into the Hall of Fame, but, but they, you're not, but, okay. they don't call it the Hall of Fame. They get, it's the Ford Frick Award. I, okay. All right. That's I, how we recognize excellence like Hawk Harrelson, Nick. <laughs> Just by giving him this award. Can of corn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, you know how you recognize him. Don't say anything for three minutes. <laughs> that's how you recognize. Oh, that's Carol. called, that's the Steve Stone award. <laughs> but I digress. Yes, you do. Oh man. All right. Well, um, but that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. Okay, they're in. Right. They're in the Hall of Fame, but, but there's a separate award thing. And Don yeah. Cornelius, Don Cornelius, the legendary Don Cornelius. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, they actually got all these right. It's, it's just the problem to me is it's confusing to people. Like, right. put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and let somebody go up on stage and induct them and talk about why they are, um, you know, musical excellence or super influential or right. or any of these things, right? Like. Otherwise, people just are like, what? Who? What? 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 There's a special what? And then they come out and they don't get the same thing. And then the bands don't come out on stage and jam and all that stuff. And I have this feeling on the when this does get broadcast, all those people will get about five seconds, except for Bernie Taupin, because Elton will probably do it. Right. So, all right. Everyone, Al Cooper, they're not going to, they're not exactly going to spend 15 minutes on Al Cooper. No, they're not. So, all right. Well, there they are. And the, he- the, the headline reading, once again, warns Yvonne gets screwed, <laughs> is, uh, is basically what uh, it comes down to. But can we say that there was a, at least a step forward? Because all, like, all these people, at least on the ballot and who went in, for the most part, are, are pretty deserving for once. Yeah. For once, we're not saying, why is Bon Jovi going in? Why yeah. is Journey going in? Yeah. Yeah, God, and again, that's, that's, at least that, that's a that, slight step forward. That's the no, that's always the that's always the the example is Warren Zevon is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and fucking Bon Jovi is Tico Torres. My Tico, that's right. You like to specify it to Tico Torres, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Put rock it on his Hall business Famer, card. Tico Torres, yes, mm-hmm. and Warren Zevon, not Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. When does the actual ceremony uh, take place? And I got uh, to remember to set my year. set my yeah. DVR for HBO that night. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Well, okay. Let's get to some of the stuff that you've been writing about. You can yeah. read uh, read your stuff in Forbes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, Daily Herald, and everything yes. is centrally located at RadioJimRyan.com. Yes, it is. Hey, man, you interviewed the Oats. You interviewed John Oats. <laughs> I love John. I love I Hall know Oats, you man. Do. I know. I'm a bashed fan. Fucking A, man. I don't. Hey, there's Hall Rock Oats and Roll rules. Hall of Famers. Hall, yeah, and deservedly. I deservedly, <laughs> not before Warren Zevon, but deservedly so. Because <laughs> that's actually the, that's actually, anybody who gets, who gets, you know, inducted now, I always say, I proceed it by like, yeah, good, but they're not Warren Zevon. But anyway. 
<laughs> I think everybody knows how I feel about Warren Zevon at this point. I mean, would you believe though that they're the best-selling duo in rock and roll in, in music history? They have outsold uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, no, I do. I do believe that because um, for people who might be too young to remember just how dominant they were in the eighties, yeah, because they, mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, like, yeah, and at the dawn of like. Uh, the the when the popularity of 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 MTV yep became huge they were right there man you know doing like videos for adult education and stuff <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> really uh, cheesy and, videos but oh, it, some but of the it, worst some of the worst videos ever man it catapulted them to to massive stardom yeah. at a time where not you know, everyone was doing videos yet. That's true. Now, but you, the next time you, God, I wish I would have known you were going to ask, you were going to be interviewing him because I would have asked, I would love to ask him, like, what exactly, what exactly are you doing in the adult education video? What, John, specifically, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Can you explain your motivations for whatever the fuck you are doing in that video? Because he's uh, he's he's coming to town on May 25th uh, at the Genesee Theater in Waukegan. If you okay. if you'd ask like to you. join me and ask him I, that, I'll come with you. And the first thing I'm going to say is, dude, what the fuck is going on in the adult education <laughs> video? Can you explain that to me, please? All right. I mean, well, I'm not right. sure that's the only one. We could probably make a list of that. Oh no, way. of all the of the of the. Well, I mean, shit, the Christmas video I, alone. Yes. Is, I, is, I, <laughs> it isn't. Aren't they like? What are they doing at the beginning of Out of Touch? Aren't they like knocking over giant letters that spell out yeah. Hollow Notes or something? Yeah, like. <laughs> God, the eighties, man. I'm telling you, but they were massive. Yep. They were huge. So you got to talk yes, to John were. Oates. Very cool yes. dude. Uh, you know, I've I've actually um, the Movember guys. You know the. Yeah. Are you familiar oh, yeah. with Movember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're he's like the patron saint of of uh-huh. Movember. When you grow the mustache for for uh, men's health, uh, you know. Uh, uh, where you shave and just have the mustache for the whole month. I've had the Movember guys on several times uh, on, on my old radio show, and uh, they talk about how John Oates is just, you know, fantastic, and they were very upset in that period of time when, when John Oates, like, shaved the mustache, got rid of the mustache. They were not <laughs> it's happy. back, by the way. It is back, back. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you talk to John Oates. Tell, t- tell me a, a, about what's going on there. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He's uh, So he lives in Nashville. He's got this real embrace of songwriting and Americana and roots music that I don't think you might necessarily assume if all you know is Hall and Oates, right? Yeah. Um, so he works with some of the greatest session guys around and, you know, he makes, makes demos at home on Bandcamp and then, then fleshes them out in Nashville with these session guys. Um, the songs are really good. So kind of in a nod toward the fact that he knows nobody listens to albums anymore. He's releasing a single a month. Uh, when I spoke to him last month, the single he was releasing was a cover of the anti-war anthem, Timmy Thomas's uh, Why Can't We Live Together, which is this really sparse, if you can picture the song, it's this really sparse thing that's basically only like a drum machine and some keyboard and the vocal, and that's about it. He fleshes it out and puts sitar on it and stuff, and it's really cool. Mm. He does some cool stuff. And uh, and and so and he's coming to town. Uh, is he on tour? Is it just it's and it's just solo oats. <laughs> it is solo oats. Why well, I, I imagine there will be a, a band backing Mr. Yeah. Oats. Uh, the song he's got, I think it's coming out next month. Actually, Nick, you tell me what you think of this. Again, sticking with the covers theme, he's covering "Maneater" by Hall and Oates, but as a reggae song. Uh, he- I'd be cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm I cool want to hear it. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, so now, does he when he when he tours as John Oates? Does he play Hall and Oates songs? I believe so. I'm not sure. You would think he question. would, right? I mean, 
You'd think you know, I mean, to. but I mean, he can he can play stuff like you've lost that love and feeling, and you know, some of the other yeah, stuff that they the... covered, other other covers because they had uh, you know, uh, they've 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 had a few covers, uh, uh, Hall and Oates in the past. They're going to do Maneater, and he's only going to do the part where he goes, oh, here she comes. And that's it. That's it. That's the only part. <laughs> Otherwise, aside from that, it's going to be instrumental. But as a reggae track. <laughs> and every couple uh, minutes, he'll throw that in. Okay. Well, what's so cool guy. Cool guy to interview, right? Yeah, he's great. And I'm looking at a, a Hall and Oates set list here. I'm sorry, a, Dar- a John Oates set list. Looks like he does Promise Ain't Enough. She's gone, out of touch, man eater. You make my dreams. So yeah, he's, wow. he is doing them. Nice, yeah. solid, uh, solid set there. Mm-hmm. Solid set there. She's gone. He can't hit those notes. That man, oh man. I mean, Daryl <laughs> Hall, dude, that guy can sing, man. Yeah, I always, I always <laughs> feel the need to defend Hall and Oates because Daryl Hall's a great singer. Oh my and god, and you have all that 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 Philly soul, right? I mean, the quote unquote, no. I hate this term, but the quote unquote, blue eyed soul. Yeah, like that stuff is all in Hall and Oates songs, especially the older stuff. Listen, They're pretty man. good. Listen, Sarah Smile is one of the best songs ever. I mean, it's no, lovely. and, and, and Daryl Hall has one of the best voices ever. Like that guy, yeah, he can I sing. I mean, he can sing his ass off. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't have a problem. I mean, who, who disses Hall and Oates, man? Come on. <laughs> oh, I love Hall and Oates. They rule. So, mm-hmm. all right. All right. Uh, hey, listen, you interviewed uh, Bono's kid. Yeah. What? Tell me about that. He's in a band called Inhaler. Yeah, I and I love this band. Uh, very much thwarting the trend of the rock stars kid, where usually these projects are terrible. Yeah, Bono's Bono's son Eli Houston and the, the the band Inhaler. There's, it doesn't sound like you two at all, um, to me. He incorporates a lot of some some new wave stuff. I when I sat down with him, I, I looked at the guitar player. We we sat down uh, last month before their show at the Riv. When I picked one song off the album, and I go, this really sounds to me like the solo Johnny Marr stuff on the last two albums. And the whole band starts laughing, and he kind of hangs his head, and then Eli pops up and goes, he's a big fan of Johnny Marr. So yeah. that kind of gives you an idea, right, of, of where they're trying to go. Um, yeah. And it's just really good. It rocks these, these songs. They've, their second album just came out last month, and really, they're starting to figure it out. They're growing as songwriters. Eli is kind of stepping more into the frontman lyricist role, which isn't the role he wanted initially. He just wanted to be the guitar player. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand um, why he, I can understand why he wouldn't <laughs> right? want that. You know, I mean, when you're the, so, I mean, how old is Eli there? He's early twenties. Yeah. Um, and he's this nice, humble kid. So <laughs> you'd, you'd never guess from beating him that his father, except that he looks just like him. You'd never guess that his father's Bono. Yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures of him. He does look, he looks very much like Bono does. Yeah. We were walking around the Riv, and we were doing a photo shoot with him. And he goes and he picks up my photographer's light and starts walking to the next spot with it. I go, Eli, I go, you're taking my job, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where they're, they're still at this point where they don't know yet. Yeah. That you don't have to do that shit, man. Or, it's okay. Or, or maybe he saw his dad do that on stage during uh, the rattle and hum. Uh. <laughs> 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 you know. I don't know because his dad does pick up a spotlight and walk around yeah. with it on stage. So uh, you know that's a, that's a Bono thing. So maybe it's just in his blood. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. But they're well, the nicest guys. We met them uh, last year at Lollapalooza, and then they were they yeah. Came, so they did Lollapalooza in I guess twenty twenty one. It would have been Lollapalooza last year. They were back at House of Blues on St Patrick's Day, which they said was crazy. I bet. And this year they were here ten days after St Patrick's Day. And the first question he goes. 
is the river still green? <laughs> <laughs> like it's always some variety of green, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. And they and so were you, you were at the show then at the Riv that night? Yeah, they were great. They're so good live, and it was like it's a super young crowd. It was yeah. it skewed heavily female, and it was like I hadn't been at one of these shows in a while where. The floor, like everyone on the floor is going crazy because it's a younger crowd, right? It's not right. my normal older, right. yeah. older folk yeah. Oh, yeah. who yeah, stand yeah, yeah. there like statues or sit. Yep. sit. Um, and they actually had to bring a fan out because she had, you know, fainted trying to get to the barricade. I was like, I had to stop the show and pass her over to, to security to get her out. I was like, wow, this is like, I haven't seen this in forever. It was wow. really something. Well, good for them. Yeah. Good for him. All right, cool. All right, and he's a cool dude. Then uh, I hope they remain as as nice and humble, yeah, as they are, because they're they're really good guys. Okay, so that interview with uh, Inhaler, which includes the lead singer, uh, who is Bono's kid, um, mm-hmm. you can check that out at Forbes as well. Yep. You talked to uh, Reverend Horton Heat. Yes. I mean, how long has the Rev been around, man? I mean, my man, God, like thirty years, thirty five yeah. years. Like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. What? Tell me about that. I love that band. So out of Dallas, Texas, a alternative rockabilly outlaw country type of outfit. Yeah. And their new project kind of nods in the direction of the roots of that. It's called Roots of the Rev. It's their first ever all covers album. And so they cover all this old rockabilly stuff. So they cover some cool stuff that people would know. They cover Johnny Cash. They cover Elvis. Um, But then they get into all these old rockabilly who yeah. inspired a lot of those guys that the general populace doesn't really know. And Jim Heath, the, the, the Rev himself, wrote extensive liner notes for this record where he breaks down why these artists are important, personal interactions he's had with them. It's extremely entertaining. So it's just, it's a really cool package. You get you get the music that inspired them, their take on it, and Jim's uh, summation of why they matter. Yeah. Well, what were, some, what were some of the highlights of the conversation there? That, any, any questions that you specifically wanted to ask? Well, yeah. Like, so it's interesting because we we keep hearing about how difficult it is right now for independent artists to tour with, you know, coming out of the, pande- the pandemic and you've got all the inflation. So it's it costs more than ever for gas. It costs more than ever to travel. It costs more than ever for hotels, all these things. And the expenses tend to stack up for the independent artists. You, you see a lot of canceled tours it's become very difficult for a lot of artists to tour internationally yeah um so they're going out they're not doing the bus anymore they're all crowding into the van again like it's you know their first album and their drummer their drummer used to be the guitar tech now he's the drummer the driver the merch guy the tour manager so he wears they got they got a flat tire on the way to chicago from they were coming up, I think, from Bloomington, Indiana to Chicago to play at Fitzgerald's. And they got a flat tire along the way. And the drummer was telling me this story. He goes, yeah, he goes, it was great. Like I had, as tour manager, I had read up on how to fix flat tires. He goes, so I get out at the car, you know, I, I take the tire off and, and I know how to how to patch and plug them and everything. I'm trying to do it, but it's not working. And he's like, and then I finally got it to work and we drove the west, rest of the way to Chicago. And I'm just like, so that's where it's at these days for independent art in like the Robert Heats an artist with a following, right? We're not even talking a young up and comer, right? Yeah, Th- this is what they have to do. Like the, the the drummer needs to know how to change the flat tire and tour manage. So he's he's booking the shows. He's in contact with the venues to to flesh out the rider and make sure all the specs are met on stage. Like 
it's just the the deck is really stacked against some of these artists, and that conversation was particularly uh, illustrating of that. Yeah. Wow, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Uh, that, that, that that's that's happening for i mean you know that's a that's a very you know i mean that's a popular band i mean yeah. you guys been around for a long time mm-hmm. that was, it was a thing that kept coming up this month uh freddie jones band told me the same thing the, the swedish metal act sabaton they were explaining the same thing to me like you really have to because the problem is a lot of artists aren't paying attention to it and they're losing money so there's a couple artists there they're, that are trying to figure out trying to be proactive about it and make sure they're still making a buck on the road because historically that's where they, they started making their money right like when streaming cut into sales of our, of albums everyone started to make their money on the road yeah. now it's twice as hard to make the money on the road so how do you make a living is the question but yeah wow it's crazy that's tough it's tough mm-hmm. hey uh you know uh it's the 40th anniversary by the way of metro this year um of of uh of uh, the Metro in Chicago for people who don't know. And I keep every once in a while, I just have a habit of calling it cabaret Metro mm-hmm. because that's how old I am. <laughs> and it's funny because Joe, Joe, who uh, Joe Shanahan, a uh, right. lovely man uh, who runs the Metro. Um, I, I, you know, whenever I see him, I'm like, Hey, cabaret Metro. And he's like, yeah, that, how old are you? And I, and he's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Cause like <laughs> in my twenties, it was called the cabaret Metro. And that was the time when I went there the most, you know, and it's mm-hmm. and for a long time it was Cabaret Metro. Well, they're having the 40th anniversary all, you know, obviously this year, but the big closing night finale is fucking cheap trick. Um, That's great. Um on July 16th. And there's no way I'm missing that, by the way. There's no way uh that I'm missing that. Um because now you've seen Cheap Trick, I would imagine a 100 times. Yes. I, and I and I've seen them once at the Metro and it was quite great. Yeah, I've seen him at the you know that you know the live album music for Hangovers. That's what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, 1998. Yeah. If you open up the the liner notes, you can see me in the crowd. <laughs> I'm in the balcony with my with my devil horns up, uh, wearing a Schlitz shirt. So, um, but I was there all four nights for that. Uh, the night that they did the four nights at the at the cabaret, I was there at the Metro. I was there every night. Doing a um, different album each night, right? Each night, yes. Each night was and, a different album. They had different, you know, like guests come out. Like Corgan came out and they did Monticello right. and, uh, and all that other stuff. Um, they never but, get any credit. They were so far ahead of that whole. That became a trend, obviously. The full it, album thing. Yeah, the full album thing. They started that with with their. St- I mean, listen. She, hey, wait a minute! I forgot to load up the. I forgot to load up the train. <laughs> the train sound. Damn it! I totally <laughs> forgot to load that one in. Uh, but anyway, um, Cheap Trick is uh, to this day one of the greatest live bands I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen yeah. them. I don't even know how many times I've honest to God. I have no idea how many times I've seen cheap trick. Um, and to see them close out the 40th anniversary celebration at Metro, that's the correct way to go out. You know what I mean? Amen. Yep. So uh, that's July 16th at Metro and I will be there. And I, I would hope that you would be there as well. I am hoping so. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's that, that 40th anniversary series, by the way, has been pretty damn impressive. It has. Yeah. And, and, and it makes sense because it's the Metro, man. I mean, it's just one of the coolest venues, you know, in the country to, you know, to see a band. Um, and, and, and like I said, Joe is a, you know, is is an incredible guy. Shanahan's always been great. He's a pro and he knows what he's doing and he's a very nice guy and man, cheap trick at the Metro. What can you say? Yep. (laughs) It's got me. Now you went to some concerts, Depeche Mode. Mm-hmm. Speaking of my my late friend Joe, 
who, oh man, Depeche Mode's the greatest fucking band ever. He loved Depeche Mode. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, they had, they have to deal with the fact that a major member of Depeche Mode passed, uh, yeah. passed away. Andy passed away and, um, earlier this year and they continue, they are continuing with the tour. Um, so tell me about Depeche Mode. They played that, uh, you see. Yeah, have have you heard their new single "Ghosts" again? Yes, I have. Yeah, I, I hear love every that song. I do too. Everything they've recorded, I've heard. Trust me, <laughs> I am a massive like, fan of that Depeche. song. That's one of the best songs to me they've put out in like thirty years. I love yeah. it. To me, it stands up with everything they've done. It's so good. Yep. And to to hear the song, you you would think it's about the loss of Andy Fletcher, but it's not. The whole album, almost all the album, was written before he passed, yeah. largely as a reaction to the pandemic and stuff. Um, the name of the album, the name of the tour is Memento Mori, which translates from Latin to remember you must die. So, I mean, the whole the whole specter of death kind of looms over this concert and stuff, but they kind of try to put a little more positive spin on it and take that take that term, you know, as living each day to its fullest while you're here. And man, they did on stage because it was this it was this beautiful celebration, despite, you know, kind of yeah, the undercurrents that were that were there. It was just it was just stunning and great. Yeah, I've seen them live a million times. Now, who's who's on stage with them now? What, what? Uh, I'm not sure who's in the backing band. They had, I believe, it was a four piece band yeah. on stage. Yeah, um, I, that was the first time I'd seen them. I man, I loved it. Oh wait, that was your, that was your first yeah. time seeing them? Holy mm-hmm. shit, really? Mm-hmm. Wow, man, why is that? What? I just what? never, you know, like I always wanted to. Um, yeah. It just never worked out. You, by the way, your touring musicians are Christian Eigner, who on drums who, and keyboards, who's been there since '97 yeah. as a yeah, touring yeah. guy, yep. and Peter Peter Gordano on keyboards, bass, guitar. He's multi instrumentalist. He's been there since '98. So right, so guys that they've really, worked with. Yeah. yeah, the only one you're missing is Andy Fletcher, really. Right, right. Well, I mean, they're 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 an incredible. I mean, I love Depeche Mode. I just absolutely love them. Um, and. Uh, yeah, and and I'm sure I'm you know I, I, I what was the crowd like? What were we talking age range? So that's another interesting one where you've got parents there with their kids and that kind of stuff. Um, so the age range was all over the place, but everybody was super into it. I mean, you know, you know then having seen them that the whole thing during Never Let Me Down Again is everybody waving their arms yep. side to side. Yep. And I mean, I'm not sure I've ever seen anything quite like that. Every hand in the arena, from the cheap seats to the floor was up and waving. It was, yeah. it was pretty cool. It was something. The thing about the thing about Depeche Mode is that you, even if you are anti like on your feet and moving, you involuntarily get your ass up and you move when you're at a Depeche yeah. Mode concert. That's, that's just the way it works, man. I mean, and, and I'm, Dave I'm Gahan, not, I mean, still does it himself. I mean, he's, abs- just, he's just a nonstop ball of energy. He is an unbelievable front man. He is an yeah. unbelievable frontman. Like uh, he's got a really interesting and a great voice, and he moves like a son of a bitch, and he still does, man. Um, one of the most charismatic and sort of mesmerizing frontmen uh, in rock, you know, or in music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that band, and I'm and I could, you know, obviously I couldn't go uh, to the show, but they're they're coming back. They, haven't they announced another date? November November thirteenth at United Center, and I'm we'll going to that. I'm actually I'm, going to that. I want to go to that one again too. It yeah. was so good. I want to go back. I'm going. I'm. I'm actually. That's already been planned. That's already. I have someone I'm going with to that, and I'm also going to see uh, at the worst venue ever, <laughs> Tinley Park. Where are you going? Uh, you no, 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 oh, no. Oh, Northerly, Northerly. Yes, pardon me. Yes. Pardon me. Uh, well, pardon I'm going. I'm going to Northerly twice, Dave. Well, three times because I'm going both <laughs> nights to Dave. 
Okay. Uh, and uh, Duran Duran. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> man. Did you did you go at United Center at the end I of did last not. year? Oh, I did not. Oh my god, it was so good. I know, and that's why, like you know, like I I saw some of the you know footage, and I we, you and I talked about it as well. Mm-hmm. And my friends who went there, like Nick, God damn it, why didn't you go? And I'm like, I I don't know. <laughs> and, and and Chic is going to open again. Um, that that Chic set was so good. By I the bet. way. I bet. He, because he plays all the songs he's written for other artists, too. So he's yeah. up there playing Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff and, then you know, Daft yeah. Punk stuff. Like, yeah. the set was all over the place. It was I great. mean, did he did he say on stage, did he come out when Duran Duran? rather, not. Uh, no, he did not. But, like, they oh. mentioned that long bond. Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sake. But no. But, yeah, no. So, so uh, yeah, I got to go to Northern. I'm going to Northern Island over the summer twice. The, like, one of the worst places you can possibly see a show. And yes, I and I believe I'm going. I believe I'm going. You mentioned Tinley Park. I believe I'm going. What's it called now? Wait a minute. What's it called? Well, yeah, they changed. Oh, yeah. It. <laughs> uh, uh, credit un- Credit Union One Amphitheater, not to be confused with Credit Union One Arena, which already exists in Chicago. Like you know, don't don't con- don't confuse people at all. That is what is it? That's the fifth name that place has had. I think. There's, let's see, the World, the New World, the, uh, the, the Tweeter Center, right? First First Midwest Bank. Hollywood, Hollywood. Casino. yeah, and now this—that's the yeah. fifth. It's the fifth. This will be the sixth, sixth, sixth name for this dump. Uh, oh God! But I'm going out there to see. Uh, someone just invited me. Uh, I'm sorry, and, and, and uh, we're going to see Foreigner and uh, <laughs> oh. shit. Who's the headliner? Uh, or maybe they're the headliner. Oh, Lover, Lover Boy, Foreigner, Foreigner and Lover Boy. Okay, I saw Lover Boy by the way a couple years ago at the Waukegan at the Genesee Theater. It yeah. was so bad. It was I bet. so bad. I bet. Like I saw- I, now, Foreigner was great when I saw him, but oh god, yeah. Lover Boy. No, so somebody cool. was like, "Hey, I got a ticket for Foreigner and Lover Boy," and I'm like, "I'm old. I'll go." You know what I mean? I, that's I, fine. I interviewed the singer from Lover Boy for the Daily Herald, Mike Reno. And, yeah, and he was great actually. Like, yeah. he I didn't know. Him and Ann Wilson recorded yeah. the foot the Footloose, Footloose. song in, in Evanston. Yes, they recorded it at a at an old Pierce Arrow car dealership turned studio in Evanston. He's telling me all these great stories, and they're like, "Do you want to go to the show?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And then, oh, it was like five minutes into the show, my buddy Ben and I are looking at each like, "Holy shit, this is yeah, so bad!" I know. Oh my god, I, bad. I, I can't wait. I mean, this could be ridiculous. I got somebody just said, "Hey, I got a ticket. You want to go?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go." Warner's. Lover boy in the tubes. I'll tell you. Oh, the tubes. Fee way bill. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. I went to see Lover boy at the height, like when Get Lucky was out. Okay. Okay. And like you know, working for the weekend, all of that shit. And and I saw them at uh, the uh, the UIC. Was it the UIC Pavilion? Okay. I can't remember. Uh, you but mean I went, Credit Credit Union One Arena? I whatever it is. I don't, maybe it wasn't even then because this was like eighty one. <laughs> this was like right. nineteen eighty one. Right. Uh, so maybe it wasn't, maybe it was the amphitheater. I don't know. Whatever okay. was around. So, and, and, uh, and I went and it was the first date I went on with a girl that I dated for a long time who was, I was 16. She was 22. She had a kid. She was my manager at McDonald's and <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment on that. No, I know. Nobody has comments about that except for my, th- my, my uh, therapist, but that's beside the point anyway. <laughs> so our first date was that was Loverboy, and the opening band was. You remember Frankie and the Knockouts? Do you remember Frankie and the Knockouts, Jim? Did we lose Jim? There you it's are. Amazing. Well, uh, it's amazing. You remember Frankie and the Knockouts? Uh, yeah, had songs on the the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, right? The, yeah, well, the, he did. The guy, the guy, who, the the lead singer. 
But their big hit was they had Sweetheart. Um, and Sweetheart was kind of their bigger hit. And then, uh, then uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, they were the um, they were the opening act. So it was Frankie okay. and the Knockouts and Loverboy. <laughs> wow. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to hear it was better then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's, I mean, I can understand now. I mean, I can't even imagine what this show is going to be like. Foreigner and... and <laughs> you know, that, that, new, that, that new singer, that new singer Foreigner is solid. Is he? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Is Mick Jones still in the band? I mean, is that is that a... I believe Mick Jones be, right? is the only guy that's left. Yeah, in he's the only the one who. Yeah, he's the only one who gives. You know, who is still yeah. trying to keep Foreigner going. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, uh, all right. What is this? Before we, before <laughs> you get out of here, yeah, you have to explain to me. Stone Temple Pilots did a <laughs> did a free because I thought this was a joke. No, Stone Temple Pilots did a free show at a minor league hockey game. What? Yeah, they were the, the post game attraction. Yeah, what? wait, explain this to me. <laughs> so. Uh, so I was sitting there and I'm like, I was looking for something to do. My, my girlfriend was coming up and all of a sudden I'm like, I saw it pop up in my feed because a photographer I know, his photo was used by the Milwaukee Fox affiliate who ran a story on this concert. So I was in my feed and I see it and I'm like, I'm like, wait, that's it. Like free Stone Temple Pilot Show. And I'm starting to scroll past. I'm like, wait, in Milwaukee, what's this? So I click it on. I'm like, oh no, like a post minor league hockey game free concert. Like this is kind of sad. And I'm like, yeah. I got, I got to go to this. So my girlfriend shows up and I go, Hey, uh, I think we need to go to Milwaukee. And she's like, why? And I go, I want to go see stone temple pilot. She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, we, you know, we can hit the bars cheese castle or something for you on the way up. She likes cheese. She's like, all right, fine. <laughs> so I get tickets for this hockey game for $8. <laughs> And we go up, and the whole time, it's just kind of sad. Like, okay, so the arena, by the way, is the old Mecca, which is still there Yeah, uh, in in Milwaukee, which is yeah. where, like, Luel Sindor played before he was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's how old this arena is. It is, yeah. like, straight out of Slapshot. There are no suites in there. It, yep. This is an old, old arena, okay, right. that has, they've kept it standing, but they haven't updated it or, like, refitted right. it at all. We walk in and these three kids are sitting behind us. They're probably like, well, they were drinking. So they, they were probably like 21. Right. And I hear the kid say to the other one, oh, no, someone just texted and asked if we're staying for the concert after the game. And the other kid goes, oh, no, they're doing that again. <laughs> and so now I'm kind of in bed like, oh, boy. And the kid goes, God, I hope it's not Skillet again. Now... <laughs> Do you know who Skillet is? I do know who Skillet is. I saw the people at... who might not know who Skillet is. Explain. <laughs> like it's like bad kind of cheesy like hard rock. You can't even call it metal. Right. Um I I saw them one time in Chicago theater. They were opening for Alter Bridge, which is like all the remaining members of Creed. Hell so that yeah. should give yeah, you a little bit of an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I know so... who Alter Bridge is. Trust me on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am dying laughing and I I turn around and I go it's not Skillet, it's Stone Temple Pilots. And the three of them look at me with this blank expression, and I immediately know they have no clue oh who Stone Temple Pilots are. God. And so the one kid just goes, cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. And I turn back around, like, 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 just like I am right now, like, head in my hands, and my girlfriend just looks at me and shakes her head. And about five minutes later, like, during, during like, a stop and play, the kid goes, I hear him behind me go, I just looked it up on my phone. I guess it's a 90s band. 
And so I'm like, all right, oh. now I'm getting excited because I'm like, this could be a train wreck. Oh, man. So okay. they they never announced during the game, like, hey, stick around, follow the game. We're going to have Stone Devil Pilots. Like, there's never any of that. Oh so the game ends God. in like 90% of the arena leaves. Oh, my God. I swear to God. I'm like, oh, man. But they were selling on-ice passes for this. So, like, they come out. The game ends. They come out. They start setting up a stage. They take one one net out, and they start setting oh, up a stage. Oh, my God. And... These these other guys come out and they're rolling out carpeting, like rolls of carpeting. Over, they never because the ice is down. Right, of course. Yeah, the yeah, ice, yeah. the ice is still down. Right. So they come out and they roll some carpeting over, like maybe like from like the blue line up to the stage, and they bring people out across the ice. So there's like a little GA pit kind of in front of the stage. Oh my well, ninety percent of the arena is empty. <laughs> oh my god! They come out and the singer goes. He kind of takes surveys of the scene and goes, wow, this is the first time you've ever played a stadium with the ice still down. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted, right? I love oh. these bizarre train wrecky things. Oh my and God. the girl I'm seeing just keeps looking at me, shaking her head. I'm like, this is great. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who the singer of Stone Temple Pilots is these days, by the I, way? No, I do not. I do not. Jeff Goot. G-U-T-T with an umlaut. Jeff Goot. Okay. Is Do now, I know who that is? No. Oh, okay. He, All right. He's now Scott Weiland. Okay. Jeff well, who, who else is in the band? Are there? It's, are the, the, it's the band, except it for, is. It is seriously. It's the it's everybody. The whole band. It's ex- the Delio brothers. Except for, and, except for ex- oh man, except for Weiland. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and and they're playing shit like this. They're playing yes. Eight dollar. Oh, post post God. minor league hockey. Yeah. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. depressing. I know. I mean, it's a funny story, but it's really yes. sad. Yes. Oh man, because I love that band. So I mean, do were I. They, and were they good? Yeah. So musically, it's really good. And then the singer just—the problem is he just doesn't have a lot of career. We're like, yeah, he's fine. He—I I don't want yeah. to sound like I'm knocking him, but like, no. Wineland is—is is that well, really charismatic presence, right? Absolutely. Yes. And it's hard to replace that vocally. See, this is the problem sometimes. Like everybody now, when they replace a vocalist. They want to go like to the karaoke circuit, like and find yeah. the guy that's a dead yeah. ringer. But sometimes they just have no charisma. And this is one of those guys. Does he? <laughs> did, he doesn't. He doesn't bring out a bullhorn, does he? No, uh, he didn't do the bullhorn. But he had. You, I could tell he was hitting some button on the mic occasionally, where it was putting ah, okay. like a filter yeah, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. on, so it did sound like it was you know yeah. through the the megaphone. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's that. First of all, the sh- that story is hilarious, <laughs> and now I'm depressed. I'm deeply depressed right now. <laughs> So it, it, it was it, it was a story that both made me very happy and very sad at the same time. So, wow. I was really excited. I, it was I, everything I, I wanted. Uh, no, I understand. I totally understand. But God, the way you painted that picture, I'm just like really depressed. And, and what have you fo- have you followed them on? Are they still touring? Are they playing? Is so they, are, are those a... are those the venues? Are those the venues that they're fucking playing in now? This was a one off before they went to Europe. Okay. This was the only North American date they had at oh the moment. Oh my god, the only North American date there was in Milwaukee on the ice in an old stadium. <laughs> the Milwaukee Admirals. Oh, yes. with a bunch of people who are like, "Who? I heard they're a band from the night. Get the fuck out of here, man." Oh it my was, god. Everything you could have hoped to go wrong, by the way, went wrong with this because first off, they don't announce, you know, who's there. <laughs> Secondly, by the way, this was the, this was the Milwaukee Admirals against the Chicago Wolves. There was oh man, okay. a Chicago contingent there. Okay, but the game, the game, they wind up to, the Admirals wind up tying it 
uh, with like 30 seconds left. So it winds up going to overtime. So people already are like, I'm leaving. You know, they didn't even realize SDB's yet to come. Oh, like everything that could have went wrong went wrong. It takes them. It takes them like 45 minutes to set the stage up over the ice. People are just like, I'm leaving. I'm out. There was nobody left in the arena. For people who have not gone to, I mean, I've been to a bunch of Wolves games. Uh, it's not like going to a Hawks game. Let me just say <laughs> that it's not at all like going to a minor league slap shot, uh, man. It's slap shot. It is. And it's also like, you know, you get a coupon for like, you know, cooking spray and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like that. Kind of, it's they had this fake blimp flying <laughs> right. over the yeah, crowd, dropping what, yeah. coupons for the yep. local grocery store. That's I don't ex- remember which one it was. And by the way, it crashed on the ice before they were able to take it off. I'm like, yeah. this is, that, this is that's perfect hap- on so many levels. That's happened at wolves games. Like they have the blimp fly around and drop shit onto the audience. And it inevitably smashes into a sign <laughs> or falls over. Yeah, no, that's, that's minor league hockey, man. That's yes. That's minor league. Oh, I can't believe STP played that. That's amazing. Well, and that's a the, that, yes. The guitar player just kept coming up because he doesn't he doesn't sing. He just kept coming up to mine going, "This is a lot of fun, man." I'm like, <laughs> I think we're having fun for different reasons, but I'm glad you're having fun. Unbelievable! Wow. All right. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, look out for STP <laughs> coming to a minor league hockey team uh, near you. Wow. All right. What do you got coming up real quick? Uh, concerts that you're looking forward to? Stuff that's happening for you? I'm uh, working, working on an interview with Stuart Copeland, Nick. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that would be pretty good. That would be really good. Yeah. Um, okay. That's, uh, that's, that's the big one right now. Yeah, that that's all you need. No, and Janet Jackson in a couple weeks. Uh, Janet in, Jackson. Oh, in my Tin- God. Tinley Park. In Tinley Park. There you go. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. All right. Well, until then. Uh, I will keep this STP story in my brain forever. I'm just telling you that right now. All right. All right, Jim. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Nick. See you later. That is uh, Jim Ryan, everybody. And uh, you can uh, check him out at uh, Forbes and at uh, Daily Herald and RadioJimRyan.com. God, that STP story is unbelievable. I'll never forget it. All right. Let's say hello. Big fan of uh, Stone Temple Pilots is Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. theme that means it's time to talk with Esmeralda Leon as we do on every uh, episode. Hi Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are oh, you? I'm all right. Yeah, you know. Well, good to know. Hey. So, um, you know, I understand the weather is supposed to be spectacular for the next week. I heard. Man, oh man. We'll see. Unbelievable. <laughs> I was looking at the then it's all in the 70s and it's sunny and all that shit that people like. Let's hope it stays that way. Oh man! Hey, how's how is? Uh, by the way, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think you understand how big a hit Porter was. Oh well, I'm happy. I'm I'm glad that he was. Um, for He's those a good dog people who may have missed 
the last uh, episode, and shame on you. You should hear and download every single episode, not just of this, but of That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, my SNL podcast. You should listen to that, too. Um, but you are, as most people know, you do walk dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the dogs that you walk, you actually dog sat, house sat for uh, last weekend. Yes. And uh, tell us about Porter for, and remind people about what makes Porter so special as a, as a mutt. Um, so he's very sweet. He's like a pit bull mix of some sort. There's something yeah. in there. He's a big old, he's a big old dog. Yeah. Um, but he's deaf. Right. And he's been deaf since birth. And and you explain to us the sign language that you that you use to communicate with Porter, so he knows mm-hmm. when to go to bed, he knows when to calm down, and all that all that cool stuff. And you shared with us the communication process with Porter the deaf dog. Yes, and it was funny at one point. I did do the bedtime because yes. he was getting very restless and like kind of just barking at me. And I'm like, I don't know what you want. And there's actually, there is one for what do you want? <laughs> oh, oh, there is. There's a, what do there, you want? which is just like, you know, like arms up, you know, in the usual, huh? Like shrugging kind of like, a, yes. Like the, yes. like the emo, like the emoji, the, huh? the emoji. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just like the emoji. <laughs> right, I don't know I if it actually works because every time I've done it, he kind of just stares at me. Like <laughs> I think frustrated. <laughs> Um, well, but when I like try everything and and he still doesn't, he's not happy with whatever is happening. I do that, but then he he'll still just look at me like, okay, crazy woman. Right. <laughs> well, you spent the weekend. You had to house sit, and you spent the weekend with Porter. And um, you know, we talked about him on the last episode and on the social mm-hmm. media uh, that we have. We have the you know we have uh, we're on the Instagram. The Nick D podcast is on the Instagram. We're also on the Facebook, and we're also on the Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And I posted, you know, to, to to plug that specific episode as I was, you know, doing the plugging of the episode. I posted a picture that you sent me of Porter that you took, mm-hmm. and the feedback that I got from people was just like, "Oh my god, that dog is adorable!" Oh my god, and they immediately fell in love with Porter, and you know, loved his story and that he's deaf and he's a sweet dog and everything. And people really enjoyed Porter. So, how was the weekend? It was good. Yeah, he's, he's very uh, low. He's very low key, and especially since it was going to be rainy. Although it didn't turn out that way, because if it rains, he doesn't want to go outside. So then you just kind of hang out with him inside. But we got to take some walks, and you know he knows the he knows how it goes. He's he's an older dog, so he has his yeah. routines yeah, yeah. of everything. Um, so he knows how. Like if we go for a walk, he knows exactly where we're going. Yeah. Which t- t- corner to turn to and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very, very quiet. It was good. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, no, but you were saying. Right. Well, you- no, <laughs> it's not quiet because he is. Right. He The way he he communicates is just because he's deaf does not. He can still bark. Like right. he still has a voice. Right. Um. So he will bark. And you were and saying he that like. The thing doesn't... is, yeah, he doesn't know volume. Right. He doesn't know <laughs> so volume just... or. Every or time like, it's full volume. It's full volume, and there's like no like stoppage. It's like oh, it just goes on for a while. I mean, he's just barking. He's yeah. he doesn't he doesn't know how to. He just he just does it. 
Right. He doesn't realize how loud he is or anything because he's deaf. Because he's deaf. <laughs> well, uh, people fell in love with Porter. That's all I'm saying, Esmeralda. They, uh, uh, the, the, the feedback that I got from listeners and subscribers and people on my, on my socials were like, man, that dog is unbelievable. So they enjoy Porter. Oh, well, that's very nice. Yeah, they did. Uh-oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Now, hi, oh, she's wearing a Porter T-shirt. Oh wow, that was fast. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She also loves. Does she Porter. have like a Does she have like a T-shirt maker back there? <laughs> she, she has like a bunch of yeah. She she has a giant like iron press on the back, yeah. on the back porch, and she just puts decals on T-shirts. When yeah, because usually you know she's like right on it. She's on it. some kind of T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, mm-hmm. and I love Nick's show. Oh, she'll make a T-shirt. Very for you quick for, turnaround. For, she'll make a T-shirt for you for nine ninety nine. That's what she's saying. Right mm. now. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, yeah. and okay, I Carrie. love Nick's show. Oh, see, she's got a little side hustle going on on your back yeah, porch. That's right. She is so <laughs> never going to be on this podcast ever. Now I have her selling T-shirts on my back porch. <laughs> oh, Ridiculous. God. So anyway, uh, well, I'm glad that uh, that Porter was uh, was had a lovely weekend, and uh, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we all like Porter now. We're big fans. I showed pictures. My my mom, by the way, I showed the picture. I was over at my yeah. parents' house, and I hang out with my folks on Saturday, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, "Oh, look at this picture! This is a a dog that uh, that Esmeralda walks, and she's taking care of him this weekend." And I showed her the picture. My mom was like, "Oh my god, she loved the dog!" And my dad has <laughs> my dad loves bulldogs, and he mm-hmm. the porter has kind of a he's a he's got a kind yeah of a he's por- got like a big mix of he does of like and he's probably just big dogs. <laughs> and he does have the little, and he's just a little, he's got the little flappy jowl, jowls, you mm-hmm. know, and my dad mm-hmm. likes that. My dad likes drooling flappy jowls. My dad likes that in oh, a dog. And yeah. so he immediately was like, yeah, that dog is cool. So they love, my parents, in fact, loved <laughs> Porter. So anyway, Porter's a hit. He's a hit dog. Oh, I'm glad. I'll, I'll let him know next time yeah. I see him. That's right. <laughs> he's, yes, let him know. Oh, my God. So, yeah, no more. You don't have to worry about ah! this. That's it. So anyway, all right. Hey, um, you know, we do the magic megaphone thing here. Yes. Which is when anyone listening, subscribers, whatever, if you have a message that you would like to say, me to say into the magic megaphone so that everybody can hear it, inside joke, line from a movie, whatever you want me to do, I'm a monkey, I'll do it for you. People love it. Esmeralda, you love it for some crazy reason. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) <laughs> and we have more. We get them all the time. And uh, we get a ton of them. So if you want me to say something or do something into the Magic Megaphone exclusively for you, uh, send me an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com, or uh, leave a voicemail at 773-417-6948. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is from The Hawk of May. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Hawk of May is a longtime listener. The Hawk of May used to, oh, yeah. used to drop emails and texts and all kinds of stuff while we were on the air at the car wash. And he, so he's been listening for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, um, he sent me, he wanted me to say this. And, I'll, and as usual, I'll play it and then explain. Okay. So here's the megaphone message that the Hawk of May wanted. Ow. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> I don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. Cocaine bear. I don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. Yeah. Cocaine bear. I so, don't like it, don't like right. it, don't like it. Right. 
cocaine bear. So. I don't lie. All right. So, <laughs> now, that um, is, I, I, I was told to sing it into mm-hmm. the magic microphone to the tune of Cocaine by Eric Clapton. Ah, uh, okay. So oh. that's what the, that's what I was. <laughs> well, there you go. I was singing it to the to the tune of Eric Clapton's "Cocaine," uh, and that was Hawk of May's uh, his request. And it said, uh, "Hey Nick, just had the unfortunate luck of watching Cocaine Bear, and all I can say is, what an unmitigated piece of crap." Uh oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and oh, I love oh, Nick's show. Sorry, Carrie. I'm, so, I'm sorry. He didn't yeah. like it. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and right. I right. love I Nick's right. show. You were the best part of it. Oh, she's mad. She's mad. I, I think mean, she's going she's to go, go make a T-shirt that says, Nick sucks. I think that's what she's Oh, boy. She's but anyways, got the it's, power. <laughs> she does. She's got it right out on the back porch. Uh, anyway, what an unmitigated load of crap. The only thing that would have made it better would be if Roger Ebert was still with us so that he could just tear it apart. Um, but it did inspire a magic megaphone message, and you have to sing this one. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Cocaine bear. So that's what I... That's what. I don't like it. Right. Don't like it. Don't <laughs> like it. Cocaine bear. So, yeah. I don't All like right. it. So, anyway, that's to the tune of Cocaine by... Eric Clapton. Very nice. Yeah. I think now, he might you, have a career in when, parody songs. <laughs> Me and Weird Watch Al. Watch out, man. Weird Al. That's right, exactly. <laughs> oh, when you work at when you were working at the Loop, uh, did you have to hear that song like every other week, every other day almost? Um Not. You know what? They didn't play the cocaine one that often. I think probably because it literally just has cocaine. Yeah. So much that they yeah. probably weren't trying to play it that often yeah yeah cocaine. i heard the um i heard the godzilla song more that one oh, got played every friday blue oyster cult yeah well you can't you yeah. can't go wrong you can't go wrong with, with blue oyster cult man. yeah that was a little more friendly i think because it was about godzilla so then you know well i mean he, he cocaine oh, oh, song right yeah but he knops he completely destroys tokyo in, in oh that. yeah but that's what he's supposed to do so. <laughs> that's true <laughs> Well, okay. Well, it's it's interesting because uh, you know, God, it, there was a, a a legendary Godzilla movie that Sven showed just this past weekend. Nice. Uh, Destroy See? all monsters. Destroy all He's monsters, loved. which is a great, great movie. So anyway, all Cocaine's right. Well, that's a little more you know, topic wise. But Godzilla, come on, everyone loves Godzilla. Everybody loves Godzilla. That's right. So, um, all right. I have a um, another uh, email here. From someone, mm-hmm. since we're catching up, we've got our. Uh, and again, if you want to leave a megaphone message for me to to do, just uh, email me. It's nickdpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, but Very this nice. is from uh, Michael, mm-hmm. who says, uh, "It's Fox Valley Mike," who says, "I did not know that Go Bananas made national headlines." Now we were talking about Go Bananas because yes. that that was the Chuck E. Cheese knockoff that was located next to the Norwich Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and I went to the Norwich Theater last week, week and a half ago, to see the Evil Dead, new Evil Dead movie, and I kind of had a flashback to when I was in high school. Right. <laughs> and it used to be that space used to be a roller rink called the Axle. Before that, it was called the Hub. And mm-hmm. then in recent years, you know, like 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago, it became like a knockoff of Chuck E. Cheese called Go Bananas. 
mm-hmm. and we were talking about it. So here's what Fox Valley Mike said, and he said, and I'll fast, I'll, I'll I'll forward this to you, Esmeralda, so that you can check it out. But it says, I did not know that Go Bananas made national headlines in 2011 when a three-year-old slipped off a ride and got killed. Mm-hmm. And the story also says that the Norwich police were called over 30 times in a 12-month period between 2015 and 2016. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it says, family fun at Go Bananas. And he um, actually sent the link to a CBS News story about the history of violent stretches at Go Bananas. So it made national CBS News. Oof. Isn't that Great. ridiculous? Isn't that insane? <laughs> <sighs> God. So Go Bananas actually did. Uh, mm-hmm. It's over 30 times the Norwich police had to be called in a 12-month period. That's crazy. Isn't that God. nuts? Well, there's nothing else going on in Norwich. I mean, Right, and everyone, everyone's congregating at the Go Bananas. Everybody's at the Go Bananas. What, are they, what, are you, what else are you going to do? I mean, listen, I got arrested in Norwich. You know, right. I was I was in the Norwich jail. I'm I'm very familiar with uh, the Norwich the Norwich Police Department and the Norwich jail, and it's not they, they don't do much. Hell, they they you know they arrested me, you know, so they they clearly didn't have much to do. Well, that year, the that, year that's right. What was it 2015 to 2016? Right. No, well, this, was in, this was in this was this was 30 years. I mean, it's actually we're approaching the 30 year anniversary. Um, of that wonderful arrest that I had. Mm. The October of 93 was when I got arrested. So uh, I don't even think, I think the, I, I, don't, I don't think Go Bananas existed in 1993. So anyway, but so uh, anyway, Fox Valley Mike uh, sent that, sent that along. So if you want to see a national mm. CBS news story about, about how terrible Go Bananas was in Norwich, there you go. <laughs> Goodness. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. So, um, so, but hey, by the way, uh, you know, my, uh, my SNL podcast, the, uh, that yes, show hasn't yes. been funny in years. Uh, mm-hmm. this, the, the latest episode that's up now, um, is all about the Sinead O'Connor incident. Oh, do you remember the Sinead O'Connor incident yeah. where, where she yeah. tore up the picture of the Pope? Yep. Uh, it's all about that. And then what happened afterwards and, uh, mm-hmm. the aftermath and the horrible shit that Sinead O'Connor had to go through because of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I've been getting a lot of, uh, I've been getting a lot of, uh, feedback about, about the episode and, um, and, uh, people, you know, who even back then didn't understand what she was doing and maybe angry about it now suddenly understand why she did it. Right. You know? Yeah, no, we didn't. I mean, it wasn't that good for her for, Absolutely. Putting it out there, but yeah, we didn't know. people didn't know that. They're no. just like, "What? The Pope is so great." <laughs> yeah, why is she what? And then like you realize, you know, it's interesting, you know, because like that night, they, you know, like Lauren was more concerned about what Tim Robbins, who was the host, Tim Robbins was going to mm-hmm. say, because if you remember at that time, Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon were together, and they were as left and liberal as you can get, and they just wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, if you, like everywhere they went, they had to make some sort of political statement at the Oscars, anywhere they went. Yeah. And, you know, Lauren was like, oh, God, I'm, you know, Tim Robbins is going to go up on, during the monologue. And he wanted to wear an anti GE t shirt. Mm-hmm. And at that oh. time, and, and at that time, GE owned SNL. Yeah. And so 
but he wanted to wear an anti-GE t-shirt. And of course, Lauren was like, um, okay, fine. You know, whatever. <laughs> and and um, so they were more concerned about Tim Robbins. They were like, okay, we got to keep Tim Robbins off of his fucking soapbox, you know? Yeah. No one thought. Nobody thought <laughs> that, that little Sinead, Sinead. Yeah, Sinead <laughs> was going to tear up a picture of the Pope. And this was like right after she had made a stink about like uh, saying the national anthem at her mm-hmm. at her shows. And so she, you know, you know, this was when she was before, like she was still America's sweetheart because of nothing compares to you and all that stuff. Yeah. And she quickly <laughs> changed the course of that. <laughs> so, but anyway, I've been getting like you've getting a lot of feedback about it cuz I play I play the whole audio of it. And it's so mm-hmm. crazy because like after she tears up that picture, it, you can hear a pin drop in the audience. Yeah. Uh because like the director Dave Wilson, he did not hit the applause light. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, it kind of seems weird. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yay! You a picture of the Pope! Yay! You know. Woo! But, like, if you listen to it, and if you listen to it, I play it on my podcast, Esmeralda, if you listen to really closely, like, you can hear in the background, holy shit! Like, you can hear people going, like, in the... Yeah? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you can't clap. No, no clapping. Like, you gotta and, do and, something. What was really funny was, like, the, the director... Dave Wilson and, uh, you know, the producers and Lauren and everybody, they weren't pissed about her tearing up the picture of the Pope. They were pissed because she lied to them. Like, in rehearsal, she did a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. She, she held up a picture of a starving child, you know, um, because she sang Bob Marley's War. That was the song she sang. And so yeah. she holds up this picture of, 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 of a starving child and says you know, uh, please help out or something like that. And it was a really nice thing. But then like during the live show, she pulls a picture of the Pope and tears it up. And they were pissed about that. They weren't pissed, you know, that she tore, tore up a picture of the Pope. That it was the Pope? No, they don't care. They didn't care about that. <laughs> but they were like, you lied to us, man. What the fuck? So, but anyway. but uh, It'd be like, I lost the picture of the child. I had a Pope I had, one, so I, I had went a pope with one, it. I decided to, and by the way, that picture of the Pope was from his once was from her mom's house from 1979. Oh and wow! It was the, it's the it's the picture of the Pope that she had to grow up with. Um, yeah. So anyway, I get into all of that during the yeah. <laughs> during the episode. So <laughs> you check it out. But the reason I bring it up is because the next episode that I'm doing as Brelda, and I hope you can I hope you check it out because it's all about fart face. Do you? <laughs> I don't. When no, wait, okay. No, when was that? It was. Uh, I don't between, think I remember that one. 2008, I want to say. Yeah, 2008. Uh, Josh Brolin was the host, and it was this ep- this sketch that Will Forte, of course, because he's insane, and Bill Hader wrote, and it was just two guys in a business meeting call each other fart face, and it ends with Josh Brolin oh. ends with Josh Brolin killing himself. That's the that's the. <laughs> I don't think I remember that one. <laughs> Not many people do, which is why my entire episode is dedicated to fart face. Um, nice. So, I, I and, and, and if you if you you should check it out because it's I think this is something that you would you would laugh your ass off at. Honest to God. Uh, um, yeah. So I mean, I did the very first episode of my SNL podcast was entirely dedicated to the potato chip sketch. Yes. And so this is very similar to that. So I thought I'd go back into the. Into the Will Forte insane <laughs> files. <laughs> so if you if you want to check it out, it'll 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 post on uh, Wednesday, uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, and the and the entire episode is going to be about Fart Face. So if you want to go back and watch Fart Face, it's out there. 
Nice. <laughs> and by the way, because yeah, no when more... you said the fart face, I was thinking more it was going to be like old SNL where no. it was going to be someone with a fart, like a butt for a face. Yeah. that No, this is just two guys. It's just, okay. it's a three person scene. It's Forte. It's Hater. They call each other fart face. And then Josh Brolin comes in and he's being interviewed by these two guys for a business yeah. thing. And they start calling each other fart face, and then it ends with Brolin shooting himself. So it's, <laughs> no, it's completely. Was this, a, was this a twelve o'clock or what? No, is the, here's 11. the thing. Fifty, whatever. The, the no? twelve fifty. Here's the thing. It was originally, but Lauren loved it, so he pushed it up in the show. Oh wow! Um, no, and there's much more. I'll get into the whole thing because, and it was also like they thought they wrote the sketch. They thought it would be a throwaway that it would be a twelve fifty, and that nobody be, nobody mm-hmm. would be watching it. But for and I'll and I'll get into the specifics during the episode. But for many reasons, it was one of the highest rated. That night was one of the highest rated episodes of SNL that season. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of people, a lot of people <laughs> oh, saw that sketch. And they tuned in to watch it for other reasons, which I'll get into because there were other reasons why it was the highest rated of that season. Yeah. But there, in the middle of this, that everybody was watching, suddenly here's this fart face sketch. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, uh, but I, I, th- I just thought I would, if you, if you have some time, it's, it's a four minute sketch, and you, and you want to watch it, uh, you should check it out, yeah. and then everybody should watch it, and then check out my podcast on Wednesday. So, anyway. <laughs> By the way, the writers strike now. There's no new, no more. I, yeah, you know, that's the end of SNL this season. Um, how many? How much did they have left? They had three episodes. Because I, mean, I know left. they go on vacation. They do summer. Yeah, they have three episodes left. Um, and the next one, this one, this this tomorrow would have been uh, Pete Davidson coming back to host. Oh. Um, mm. and I was looking forward to that to see what. <laughs> looking forward to see what Pete would do. Um, you know. Um, so, but no, now it's canceled, and you know, all the late night shows are all reruns now. You know, mm-hmm. so and uh, but just pay the goddamn writers, man. Pay them. Yeah. Why pay is em. it so hard? I, it's fucking Ugh. the street, the streaming thing. You know, they all, they all, you know, like uh, all the CEOs and the business people. You know how stupid the people with suits are, Esmeralda. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, you were in the radio. You're in the radio business. You've known that. You know, I got I got fired by a suit who's got no fucking brains whatsoever. You know the guy. He's an idiot. And anybody with a suit who makes those kinds of creative decisions fuck it up mm-hmm. when you yeah. put some when you put like a ceo or a suit in charge of anything creative it's going to not be good that's basically what's going to happen and these are the assholes who are trying to you know during the stream this because of all the streaming thing pay these people what they're what they should be paid what they should be compensated for yeah and it's not like there isn't money no, exactly these these uh, all these CEOs and stuff are just making millions. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. They're just being dicks, and you know, you know what? They pay the writers. That's all. That's it. Because without them, you got nothing. You got yeah, nothing. And you know what's going to happen? And you know what's going to happen? See. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what's going to happen, Esmeralda? We're, we we are going to get another spate of shitty reality shows. Oof. That's because you don't have to pay the writers. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, well, let's have, like, uh, here's, uh, let's do an hour of uh, drunks in 7-Eleven, and we'll do that. Yeah. And uh, we'll do, like, game shows. We'll have, like, uh, you know, like, game shows with no writers and, and all this other stuff. Um, do you think, ouch, my balls will finally appear? <laughs> it's, I'm just waiting. I'm uh, yeah. waiting for all these prophecies to no, become I, true, because that's listen, what that man, movie was. We're not, we're not saying I'm, I'm too, uh, no, I'm baiting. 
So you can't you can't come in. I'm baiting. No, that's so. Idiocracy yeah, is like. Yeah. I mean, no, it's a documentary. Coming. No, Oof. it's a documentary. It's a fucking documentary. Yeah. I mean, we had a president who was worse than Terry Crews in that movie. Oh no, Terry Crews was amazing. He was the I best. I wish he we was, would have had that president. Yeah, I mean, for that four years, I would have much rather had, rather had yeah. Terry Crews than the jag off we had. Um, but no, idiocracy. And Mike Judge, you know, is like every time they interview him, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets all, it's like, I'm just yeah. sorry. I'm well, really he, sorry. Yeah, he didn't know. He <laughs> no. thought he was truly making no. a silly movie. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that movie came out like 2006, maybe. So yeah. you know, 2005, 2006, somewhere around that area. Um, and then, and, and, and you know, and that's another thing. It's like the Mike Judge stuff, you know, like Office Space bombed when it came out. Mm-hmm. Bombed. Like nobody went to see it. It bombed. And now, of course, it's considered a classic. And one of the most accurate portrayals of what it's like to be in a cubicle, in an office, working with dickheads, you know? And it's like a Bible now to anybody who's ever had an office job, anybody who's ever had that kind of day job. It's, you know, it's your go-to movie. And when it came out, it tanked. And Idiocracy barely got a release. And now it's a documentary. Now it's the most accurate (laughs) movie ever made. I saw something that said that the, 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 the clothing supervisors or whatever the they were looking for well outfits like what mm-hmm. would these people from the future be wearing yeah um and they happened upon at the time was a very little known company and they thought these shoes are perfect for stupid future um and those shoes are crocs that's right <laughs> they're wearing crocs and now people are wearing Crocs, like non-ironically. People yeah. love Crocs. Yeah. Everyone is wearing Crocs now. Yeah. I've never had a pair in my life. Yeah, no, um, thank you. No. Uh, no Crocs. I do not wear Crocs. Did you ever wear Ugg boots? That was another. No. Nope. Uh, never Ugg wore Uggs. Are they, do people, st- do, do ladies still wear Uggs? Is that a thing? Um, I think they're, they were trying to come back. I'm not sure. Um, but they weren't, they, they haven't made the most, they haven't made a comeback like Crocs have. Yeah, I don't understand the Crocs thing. Crocs I mean, no, came the, full force because the, uh, Crocs was, were popular, I remember, but not like how they are. Like everybody is wearing Crocs. And, it's and, insane. And, and, you know, I think we can blame uh, the costume designer for, for Mike Judge. And yeah, made, uh, what's his ass? Well, that was just another. That's just them predicting the yeah. future. That's all. Uh, predicting stupidity. <laughs> exactly. Oh, um, God. But no, the, the, uh, the other dude is the Bata- Mario Batali. That was his thing. That was oh, Mario. Yeah. That was Mario Batali's thing. Like he was the he which was is the, like he has no he's no trendsetter. So. No, and he wore them. <laughs> like, he wore them because it was he's in the kitchen, and you don't want right. you want to wear comfortable. You don't you don't care about what it looks like. You want to wear because you're on your feet in the you know when you're on the line in the kitchen. You know this when you're on a line in the kitchen. You're on your fucking feet for like fourteen hours. You know. And so, and you're in a kitchen. Nobody's there who's going to judge you. They're not going to say, "Oh, we don't like your shoes." You know, you know what I mean. But he took it full force, and he, he was did. matching it with his outfits. I and I know, but yeah, he was. That wasn't even popular at the time. I mean, I think everybody thought he was a nerd. Yeah, but then I don't know what what sparked it, but people well, yeah. are wearing Crocs like it's nobody's business now. I've never. There's, they got little things to put on the Crocs in the holes right. of the Crocs, little 
trinkets and stuff. It's you, crazy. You ever see the you ever see the pictures of people who uh wore their crocs on the beach and come home with a very interesting tan? Oh yeah. <laughs> you got the dots on your tan your tan line are are circles all over your feet. Yeah, now you're just polka dotted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never understood I've never understood the Crocs. Never understood them. Or the Ugg boots. I always I you know I didn't mind the Ugg boots because I thought they were uh I don't know, I thought they were I think the Ugg boots are much cuter than the than the than Crocs. I mean those things look like they have no support. The Ugg whatsoever. boots? Yeah. They just yeah. look like a, a like a sturdier sock. <laughs> there was a pair, there was that time. Remember the time in the early uh, aughts, early to mid aughts, when it was nothing but the Lohan and uh, your your Paris Hiltons. You know what I mean? Uh, and your Kardashians coming out of clubs. It was that. It was like. Uh, you know that whole that whole period of time when we're you know, mm-hmm. you know yeah. Lohan is crashing her car into shit and there's paparazzi. TMZ is at the height of its popularity, and every one of those chicks who were out at three o'clock in the morning getting loaded, uh, having their pictures taken, they all had uh, UGG boots on. Like that was the th- oh, I yeah. remember. I remember at that time in the early two thousands during that whole paparazzi crazy Lohan phase, everybody had UGGs on. Oh yeah. They loved the Uggs. Yeah, there was the heyday for the for the Ugg. <laughs> uh, and has that gone away? Because I don't keep yeah. up with the. No, yeah. nobody wears. Nobody's wearing Uggs. Nobody's I think wearing Uggs. Trying anymore. to make a comeback, but not really. Did you watch the Met thing? The Met uh, Gala. Um, I just saw pictures. Um, it's that's something I just don't. I, I, I Okay, now is it? And I'm. It raises money for something, right? It raises money for the Met. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a charity. It's thing. a charity. So, okay, that's cool. You know, so I don't know where, I mean, I don't know. Is the charity for the Met? So is it, is it to keep I the Met? I think it is. It's for the Met. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's cool. That's cool. I would rather it be for like, you know, diseases or starving children. But, you know, like that's, that's cool. I mean, you know, art is very important and it's for the Met and that's cool. But this is, you know, like so, but I still, I, I don't understand. I, I watch it and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. I, I have no. It, like, 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 what's his ass? Uh, Jordan Cataletto showed up dressed like a goddamn cat. Yeah. The, so this year it was the theme was Karl Lagerfeld, um, uh, the designer. Okay, that the means fashion nothing. designer Karl <laughs> okay. Lagerfeld. All right. Uh, and his cat. It sounds like the, that's. He I'm had sorry, a cat that named like Chipette, and that sounds like who the, he dressed up as. He he dressed up like okay that name. He sounds dressed up like, like his cat. Yeah. It sounds like the porn in the Big Lebowski. Um, it sounds like the like the porn star in the big the guy the guy that Peter Stormare plays in the Big Lebowski. What what's I have to look that up. But I, isn't he? Is it like what's the what's the designer's name again? Who it was for? Karl Lagerfeld. Okay, what we have to look this up. Can you got a little Google thing next to you, right? Mm-hmm. Can you look up the Big Lebowski Peter Stormare? Uh, like what his character's name was, like or the or look up like the cast list of. Because I'm I'm almost positive that his name, his porn name, is uh, is a take. Carl Hungus. Oh, Carl <laughs> Hungus. Okay, <laughs> that's right. It's Carl Hungus. Of course it is. <laughs> but there was like a oh, there was also another name. I don't know. I don't Carl Hungus. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. All right. So, but so so he dressed up. So Jordan Catalano dressed up like um, his cat, the dude's cat. So yeah, Carl Lagerfeld has a cat. 
or had a cat. He's girl, he's girl. now since died. Okay. Um, but he had a cat named Chupette. Chupette. Who I think is still living. That cat's still alive. Okay. And so and and so Carl Hungus uh, <laughs> has and and another one. Do, who's Doja Cat? Because she came as a cat as well. Yeah, she's so she's a singer. Right. I know. I, I guess I know who she is. Uh, I I I only know a lot of these people. The, the singers and stuff. I only know them be- when they appear on Saturday Night Live. It's kind of the only time I ever really know right. who they are. Uh, but Doja Cat, she came as a cat and wouldn't break character. Because I saw footage yeah, where she was she like... Came, she also, she came as Chupat. So they both came as Carl Lagerfeld's cat. And when they were interviewing her, they're like, hey, who are you wearing? She'd go, meow. And that was it. <laughs> like she wouldn't Well, answer- I guess she's good, you know. Stays, but she sta- stays and she still character. totally stayed in character. That's what I'm Method saying. She acting. Be- yeah. She was like, when, and uh, well, are you looking forward to the activities tonight? Meow. Like every answer was that. <laughs> and she looked, she looked, she had full cat makeup on her face with the nose. Yeah. The- she had like prosthetics and It was stuff. fantastic. It was crazy. It, it was really weird. And then like, you know, like people are showing, I don't even know what's going on. And like people are showing up dressed like insane, uh, the craziest shit. But that's the whole point of this, right? Is to show up looking as crazy as possible, right? Right. So the theme. So every year there's a theme, and then okay. you know you have to take it as far as as close as you want to take it. Um, but so yeah, today's the the, the theme for the Met Ball was uh, just Karl Lagerfeld and his career and everything. So, um, but there is a bit of a there's a bit of a problem with that. Just in in the sense that, um, so Karl Lagerfeld was very problematic in the sense that he was essentially like fat phobic. He was pretty much racist towards immigrants, towards, yeah, he was pretty garbage. Yeah. But people, you know, like to uh, essentially see him, oh, because he was part of Chanel and he was part of all these like very... um, illustrious uh fashion houses and stuff so everyone was so, like essentially on his jock at this thing but so everybody really, who showed I up mean, he was ridiculously problematic so, the, so everybody who showed up was wearing like one of his pieces or something that was similar um to, it was something inspired by inspired most by likely. Okay. yeah okay all right well, then I don't know because I saw some of the pictures and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell's going on. I, you know, I look, I mean, I don't know the fa- the whole fashion world to me. I don't get it. I just, I don't, you know, I can't make fun of it because I don't even understand it. I just, I look at it and I'm like, okay, I don't know. That's beyond me. <laughs> Did anybody show up in Crocs? There's a, there's a question. I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh man, oh man. And I and I and uh the 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 girl from The Last of Us um uh she showed up and I made fun of her on uh, on the, on my social media because she, uh, she her outfit looked like she you know you, you don't remember this cuz you're not a big Three Stooges uh fan. But there was an episode mm-hmm. of the Three Stooges there's a, a a short for the Three Stooges where uh Mo and Larry and Curly escape from prison because they use paint to paint on over there, you know how they, how you, uh, the prisoner, the stripes that you wear when you're in prison in the 40s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they would, pa- they painted over that to make it look like they were guards. So they had black paint and they painted, and that's how they escaped from prison. They painted over <laughs> thing. So it looked like they had guard uniforms on. Mm. And the girl from The Last of Us showed up and she looked, it looked like her 
her suit was painted on like she had escaped prison with the three stooges. <laughs> That's what she looked. She looked like like it looked like it was painted on by the three stooges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And um, yeah, and, and I got some response on that. People were thought it was hilarious, uh, you know, because it did. It looked, and I put a picture of Mo, Larry, and Curly in their painted on outfits, and it, she looked exactly like she could fit right in with the Three Stooges. <laughs> so, and I don't know if that's a design by Carl Hungus or not, but I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> oh man, so. But yeah, and then just people, they show up and then it's like, what, what I saw, when I read about this, because I read briefly about it because I was trying to like figure out, you know, I know they're raising money for something charitable, mm-hmm. which is cool, but it was like $27,000 a ticket to get in yeah. or something. I mean, something in abs- I mean, obviously rich people, there's nothing but rich people there, but like twenty seven grand like for a ticket and like a quarter million for a table? Or something like that. It was like, Jesus. yeah. So that's so the way like celebrities get in is because whatever entities buy the tables and then they get invited. I see. Uh, um, okay. by the whoever whoever invites them, and it's press like crazy because I mean it was, yeah. and, it's, and especially with social media, my feed was loaded with people dressed like jackasses for like three hours. <laughs> you know. I, I, Look at this idiot, and look at and and uh, you know a, a lot of people that I like. When I saw uh, Jordan Catalano, I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I didn't know it was the dude's cat. You know, like I was right. like, "What is he, what is the hell? <laughs> what is happening here?" So I don't know. It's all that's a, the, I, I will. I have to plead ignorance on the whole fashion thing. I just I I just don't. I don't. I don't get it. Um. So, but I didn't see anybody wearing Crocs though, or Uggs. No Uggs at the. Uh, at the Met Gala. Yeah, I don't think there was Uggs, no. More likely Crocs. <laughs> right. If anything. But but I have to I have to admire uh Doja Cat's uh complete dedication to the character. Like literally, I saw yeah, footage was... of her being interviewed and her just going, meow, like not saying it, didn't plug any. I was like, okay, she's not plugging anything. You know what I mean? She's not taking yeah. this opportunity to, you know, to promote her anything. She's just going, meow. And I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> so. And, and you saw her makeup. Her makeup was pretty cool, like the prosthetics. Yeah, it was makeup. crazy. She was, did. She had prosthetics, yeah. and she had, yeah, it was yeah. a whole thing. <laughs> it was great. Method she acting. Looked, she looked like a goddamn <laughs> cat, man. She did. So, anyway. All right. Well, the Met Gala, That's uh, and that's, you know, every year in May. So, that's something, something that I don't understand. But I don't understand a lot of stuff, because I'm dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, so, uh, quiet weekend for you, uh, this weekend, Desmeralda? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just gonna, gonna stay home. Wear your Crocs around the house? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've never worn, I've never owned a pair of Crocs, and now never. I'm good. I'm good. Have you ever owned Uggs? No. No Uggs? No Crocs? None of that? No. No. None. All right. We've talked about fashion in the past, um, and, and neither of us are really on the cutting edge of that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> although you know i i don't i wouldn't like to dress up like like a doja cat at some point and oh there you go spend the entire day going meow that would be that would be pretty funny so all right well anyway uh we didn't get to the dark song lyrics again but, mm. but we will the misleading like 
uh, like lyrics. Like, like uh, it, we we can tease this for the next time that we're on uh, Esmeralda. Like yeah, one yeah. of the one of the dark lyrics is for uh, Greased Lightning from Greece mm-hmm. mm-hmm. about how really kind of a fucked up song that is. Yeah, and not only that, <laughs> but like like there's a lot of lyrics in Greece where you go, ooh, like Summer Nights. Yeah, this like, kind of tells you that people either like you can't, you don't understand it, like as in you just don't hear the right words. Yeah, or nobody's really paying attention. Right. <laughs> I think part. I think it's a combination. I think it's actually a little bit to, of, of both of those things. So like it's a good beat. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Even though it's even though the guys are saying, "Tell me more. Tell me more." Did she put up a fight? Like what? What did you just say? Did she what? <laughs> did she put up a yeah. fu- what? What do you? <laughs> okay anyway all right so we'll get into that uh the next time uh and everybody have a lovely uh weekend uh dan feinberg will be with us on uh on Very tuesday nice. uh and over the weekend everybody go to the music box theater because my friends are uh, running the 10th annual chicago critics film festival and as well if you get a chance you should come by lots of great movies um and it's a week long nice. get all your tickets at musicboxtheater.com Lots of premieres, lots of stars are showing up and directors and all kinds of stuff. They're showing Dark City at midnight on Friday. And on Monday, they are showing a 35mm print on the big screen of The Right Stuff, which is one of the best movies of the 80s. So it's going to be fun. Make sure you go. It's a Chicago Critics Film Festival, musicboxtheater.com. So we got that and, and much more. Esmeralda, thanks. Uh, thanks to you for listening. If you want to leave a voicemail message, it's 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. You want to be a sponsor uh, and advertise with us on the Nick D Podcast, you can do that. You'll reach a lot of people. Sales at radiomisfits.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, Ed, and everybody at uh, Radio Misfits. Uh, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>